We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host. Uh, it's just me and Tyler today. Uh, you never know what kind of weather and uh, circumstances happen in a, in a in an island in the Caribbean. So Alex does not have internet. Uh, he has not had internet for the past 24 hours or so. So uh, it'll be just me and Tyler recapping the Chargers and Rams preseason game. That being said, Tyler... Shirt looks fantastic, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, this really ugly, expensive shirt that has maybe a couple of lightning bolts on it to justify its existence and purchase. Um, but I'm doing very well. There was Chargers football. We get to talk about football. I love it. How are you? Yeah, man. I'm doing good. Doing good. It was a good night watching football. Um, felt a little weird being on a Saturday night watching NFL football because I woke up and I was like, is today Monday or is today Sunday? So uh, a little out of the routine, but. Really excited to uh, talk about some actual football takeaways, you know, similar to last Sunday when we were talking about the scrimmage. Um, so, you know, excited to uh, dive into it. Um, we are going to talk about our uh, Saturday stocks as well. We'll just at least do an update and um, talk about Alex's as much as we can. So we'll have a recap, takeaways, winners and losers, or, or studs and duds, if you will, and all that good stuff. Be a good... Uh, Warm up for us as well, getting back into the post-game recap situation uh, for sure. Um, that being said, Tyler, general thoughts on, you know, we talked yesterday about just wanting to see a clean operation, um, specifically from the offense and, and trying to avoid penalties and all that stuff. 
I felt like the operation on offense was good for the most part. We didn't really see many issues there, but the defense, you know, understandably had some issues with tackling and, and some penalties, but I uh, got a little out of hand last night, uh, but still understandable first game stuff, but it was definitely a, a tad frustrating. It was frustrating. And again, I said, it's a meaningless game. It's a preseason game on Twitter, but boy, did it feel like a chargers football game where, okay, <laughs> we should be beating these guys. And, Oh, he yeah. just didn't catch that. And it became an interception or, Oh, he just, you know, DPI or whatever it was. It was a bit rough to watch, and it was frustrating in the end. Did they close out with, what, 11 penalties, 10 penalties? At one point, it was, it was 11, 9 yeah. for 120. Uh, so not a great day for penalties overall, especially in the defensive pass interference department. As far as the missed tackles goes, that was extremely frustrating, but understandable, I think. I don't recall a day in practice where the Chargers really went to the ground. Even at the scrimmage, it was, you know, pick the guy up, tap sure. him down. If you happen to hit him and he goes down, fine. Um, if your name wasn't Cole Christiansen beating up Isaiah Spiller one day, otherwise they were just not <laughs> hitting these guys that hard. So I suppose it's not a surprise that they're not doing so well in the tackling department. But it was still very concerning because what do you think the number is going to end up being? 12, 15, maybe 12 20, I'd say. Yeah, okay. I'd say at least 15, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, not great. Not great, at least in the uh, the back end. Yeah, so uh, the final tally for the penalties was 9 for 120. Um, and I think the Rams declined like at least two of them. So it could mm, have been more. Okay. Um, I know that there was, um, you know, Chargers declined some penalties as well. That would have, you know, kind of made it a little bit more even. But um, you're talking about two for 10 officially for the Rams and nine for 120 for the Chargers. So otherwise, you know, like I said, offensively felt like it was a pretty clean operation. Um, Mm -hmm. There technically was the one turnover at the end of the game, um, you know, which it was uh, an unfortunate ending from Easton Stick and Michael Bandy because it was otherwise a really solid, solid outing for those two. Um, But yeah, let's let's get into some of this, uh, some of these takeaways for a second here. Um, your biggest standout of the evening would be who, Tyler? Ooh, uh, because it's who we were kind of watching and talked about on the concern meter, guys we wanted to watch. It was Morgan Fox, I think. I think we talked about Chris Rumpf. We needed to see him shine um, to kind of confirm what we've been hearing. And he did, but we sort of expected that. I would expect Morgan Fox to do well against these guys, but we didn't have the opportunity to really see him do anything in training camp and really all that much in the scrimmage uh, according to the early stats and again these are early and unofficial morgan fox on eight pass rush reps had two pressures including that half sack i will give him half a sack for that you know sack that chris rumpf had yeah. um and then two wins that did not result in the pressure so you have two wins that didn't result in the pressure and then two additional pressures including that half sack on eight pass rush reps that's fantastic that's what i needed to see from him um i mean you can you can say that the other guy jerry tillery stood out for the opposite reasons but it was good to see at least one of them say okay you know game action this this film matters the most so far and he stood out so it's great to see that morgan fox at least took a step forward in our eyes and our minds yeah um you know i was very very happy with what morgan fox put out on tape again it was not um a ton of reps i think arjun said he only had eight pass rush reps um on the evening but he got to start we got to see 
you know, what exactly he looked like. I think uh, Jerry Tillery had a very similar amount of uh, pass rush reps as well. Um, mm -hmm. Didn't really see anything from him. Um, but, you know, in terms of Morgan Fox, I, I liked a lot of what we saw. You know, his the the one that ended up with a Chris Rump sack, that was a hell of a bull rush, man. Like, he put that guard on his ass. And then there was another time on his on his uh, other pressure. I think Perkins ended up rolling out to the left. You know, he he got uh, that guard with an arm over move and forced the pressure out that way. Um, and MK Egbule. The broadcast kept saying Egbula. Do we do we know? Does anybody know how to pronounce it correctly? Because I thought for the longest time I could ask Egbule. my sister. I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it. I've never heard it said Egbula, yeah. but. I don't know, you know, Shaq Leonard now. So everyone's got a yeah. different way of saying their That's name. That's true. That's true. I'm a fan of Noah Noah Eagle, but uh he had he had some uh rough moments there last night in the broadcast. But um yeah, Morgan Fox really solid outing. For me, I think the biggest standout was Chris Rumpf and and um you know, he's somebody that I thought you know, we needed to know a little bit more about the training camp hype, about the offseason hype and he, and he clearly has um, worked on his body. He looks significantly stronger, um, significantly more explosive. And we saw flashes of that. You know, I think Morgan Fox probably gets a little bit more credit for the sack for me. But Chris Rump still had a really good rep on Alaric Jackson on that specific opportunity. Um, he blew up the Rams tight end for a tackle for loss. He had another yeah, he really high quality uh, chase down from the backside edge on one of the other Rams rushing attacks. Um, mm -hmm. And just looked really energetic out there, which we knew like that's who he was in college, right? Like you, you can always tell that could translate. Um, but just the explosiveness, the plan of attack, I thought Chris Rumpf was, uh, you know, very, very good last night. And I, I feel more encouraged than I did heading into training camp. And obviously, he's got to, you know, keep building this and, and, you know, stacking up brick by brick here because I thought last night he was really, really good. Yep, everything we've been hearing about him looks great, looked fantastic. We have him currently eight pass rush reps, one pressure and the half sack, and two run stops, including that tackle for loss. Look great, look fast, look strong. You know, we knew he was an athlete. He needed to go from what was it, string bean to asparagus. <laughs> I don't know what's next in that evolution. I don't know yeah. what the third Charizard evolution, you know, for this whole thing is going to be. Um, but he looks he looks good. It, I'm not going to say it feels expected to me because again, we talked about it on the preview show. He was great in the preseason at the scrimmage last year. Just you got to show me now in the regular season that you can really handle these, you know, starters, I guess, or whoever's across from you. I suppose that starts week one with the Raiders who don't look so great at their tackle group. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, what can you say? He did look good last night, which is great to see. I guess uh, Jorge is pointing out maybe a cucumber. Let it burn says broccoli. I got. I, like I got broccoli probably. Is bro huh? Yeah, uh, cucumber would be weird. Broccoli could be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, Tyler. On the opposite side of things, who's somebody that you were uh, a little uh, disappointed in last night? <sighs> I mean, it does have to start with Dean Leonard, but I do have to push back against Chargers Twitter that freaked out about this. Yeah. I really, you know, he gets drafted. I do a scouting report. Here's the things that are good about him. Here's the things that are not so good about him. He barely played any real college football. He's a raw player. Here we go. Look at Chargers Reddit. Oh, Tyler said these things and he thinks Dean Leonard sucks. Okay. Go to training camp. <laughs> report all the good things that he's doing on sideline balls specifically. 
you know, I get a tweet last night and I think it was tweeted at you as well. You said Dean Leonard was good. Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, we never said that either. People are just kind of hearing or seeing what they want or maybe just focusing on the positives. I think a lot of Chargers fans were surprised by Dean Leonard's performance last night. I don't think you should be. I was surprised at the way he lost. I will say I didn't expect it to be jump ball sideline stuff the way that you're yeah. losing i figured roasted on a slant you know lost on a post or whatever i didn't expect it to be the, the stuff that he has been good at but he was i will say this and, and brandon's daily kind of said as much yeah was it rough sure that was not a good performance at all and i'm sure he wants that back but in a way if you understand where he was and that he barely played any college football and he's in a new system and look, this guy should have been in the end, like in the fourth quarter rotating in. This guy had to jump in in the first quarter, I believe, and start, mm-hmm. you know, acting as like one of the you know the starters of the day. This is a late seventh round pick who definitely should have been an undrafted free agent. He's come a long way from where he was. Is it did he still get burnt for 120 yards and two DPIs or whatever? Yeah, but he's still come a long way. You can tell with where he was and how he was in position to almost make a play that things are clicking like the traits are there he just couldn't get it around and frankly the entire defense couldn't figure out how to turn their head around they couldn't figure out how to tackle yeah leonard was the main culprit it was disappointing but it really just felt like a defensive thing overall so yeah leonard was the disappointment i think it surprised a lot of chargers fans when it really shouldn't have but i still do see things that are good and you can build off of moving forward yeah, absolutely. I mean, Asante had a bad rep in that regard as well. You know, the past yeah. appearance that he registered was, it was like, why, where, where's your head at? Like, get your head around. So maybe it was just something that happened specifically last night. In terms of Dean Leonard, I thought the overreactions were, were pretty wild, to be honest with you. I mean, like, I, I understand, like, we expect these guys to come in and play well. And it, it's unfortunate that he did not play up to speed. But I mean, the guy had like, 14 man coverage snaps last year at Ole Miss. Like you're talking about how, like it was basically yeah. him playing, you know, at the sticks every single repetition. And it was just like, Hey, see ball, get ball. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to point this out. Like he's in, he was in position on every single one of those targets, right? Like he was yeah. mentally there, physically there. It's just, you got to turn your head around and go make a play on the ball. Like I'll take that for who we're talking about. It's not like this was, mm-hmm you know, JC Jackson going up against Devontae Adams and was just getting cooked. Like this is a yeah. seventh round guy who probably should have been an undrafted free agent who they just wanted to take a chance on because of the raw potential there. And they really have seen a lot of good signs, like you said, so far in training camp and people expecting him to come in and just dominate these reps against the Rams. I don't frankly understand the thought process there. So I got so many mentions last night that he's trash that they should cut him immediately. You know, he's <laughs> where's Waldo in the football game. Let's pump the brakes a little bit here and, and remember who we're talking about and the the potential that this player does have. Like I think mm-hmm. making a strong, uh, you know, judgment based off of the guy's first preseason game is a little yeah. bit much for me. And like I said, he was in position. There were a couple other good reps. Like there was a time where he was playing off coverage and, um, you know, the Rams receiver ran a slant. And I thought that Dean Leonard tackled the guy short of the sticks was the third down and eight. I I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a really good, you know, instant decision-making process by him. And he went and made a great tackle on the ball. So there were some good things that Dean Leonard did. It's just, 
you know, he had two really bad reps, one of which was aided by a bad JT Woods rep, uh, you know, reading that ball and taking that bad angle. But um, I thought Dean Leonard was fine. And I think mm-hmm. we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, please do. Or just use this to understand that, okay, this is really where he's at. No one, like 99% of Charge fans did not watch Dean Leonard or didn't know <laughs> anything about him. And maybe they just read some training camp reports, but you kind of missed, you know, the whole big picture, even in training camp. Now use this as your measuring stick or whatever, moving forward. It's like, okay, next week, does he make a play? You know, does this look different? Does he, you know, finally settle in? He's at a point now, you've all seen what he struggles with right now. You know, look look for some positivity moving forward. Again, was not the greatest prospect coming out, so there's going to be these struggles. I wouldn't expect this to be fixed. You know, I, it won't be as bad, I don't think, next week, but I don't expect this to be fixed in one week. But just, you know, give it some time and appreciate how much he's able to grow, I think, from where he is right now to where he's going to be in one year, two years, three years, four years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, like he he's in line to make the roster. And like that right there by itself is exceeding my expectations that I had when they drafted him. Right. Because I was yeah. expecting him to, you know, come in and be a potential practice squad, the long term development kind of player. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's shown enough signs where he is at least in like a legitimate competition to make the roster. So if he makes the roster, I'm cool with it. That's kind of exceeded my expectations for his rookie season already. And I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Um, Really quickly, before I talk about mine, I want to give a shout out to uh, LDE Bruin for joining up on our YouTube membership page. Um, If you're not joined in here. You, know, you get an opportunity to sign up for the Discord where we get um, a lot of great information out by Arjun, myself, and Tyler, uh, as well as Alex. And so um, last night, Tyler dropped the uh, early PFF stats, for example, for our Discord members. So um, make sure and go check that out. And then, of course, have to give a shout out to uh, Mama Shun in the chat with a uh, big super chat. Despite the negatives, there was some good stuff. And I agree with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So for my negative takeaway, I guess, to start off, I, I think you kind of have to start with Chase Daniel in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. thought that Chase was in rhythm. He made good decisions. Mm-hmm. The out routes, man, I was just like, this is just Oof. bad. Like every single out route to Josh Palmer or to Joe mm-hmm. Reed was way off target. And being out of sync with Josh Palmer a little bit, I can understand, you know, Josh Palmer mostly working with Justin Herbert, mostly working with the mm-hmm. first team offense um but the timing on the out routes was just off all night and i think he ended up having an okay game and yeah. you know it, i think he did some good things i was surprised by the scramble um some <laughs> other good operation things over the middle but like his arm talent is is pretty much cooked at this point uh in terms of outside throws and i, I don't think we really saw that last year so i was i was mm-hmm. a bit surprised that just the overall lack of zip on the out routes and, you know, again, did some good things, but, um, you know, Chase Daniel, you know, wasn't the sharpest last night. Yeah. Last year, I I must feel like he quarterbacked mentally better yesterday than he did last year. I feel like everything was kind of there processing wise, like you said, but yeah, the, the floaters to the sideline, pushing it wide, pushing it behind, pushing it high. You know, Stick struggled with that a bit too, but there was at least more zip on it, and guys were able to be more of a play on the football. That was a bit concerning from Daniel for sure. I still think he's quarterback 
to because I think they feel that way. But I didn't think Stick finally pushed him. And yeah, it was it was rough. Like Chase Daniel, what was it four, five misses, maybe? It was not pretty. He got bailed out, obviously, by that big Joe Reed touchdown by Michael Bandy, absolutely working that defensive back on the whip route. Otherwise, yeah. I, it wasn't really encouraging from Chase Daniel. No, I agree with that. And again, I, I think with Chase at this point, you know he's going to be able to manage the game and not ruin a game. But um, you'd like to see a little bit more, you know, playmaking with his arm and 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 things like that. So, um, in terms of instant takeaways, I think those those are good ones off the bat. I, I uh, you know, we'll get more into some specifics here, and I do want to start with just kind of the list of players who were not playing last night. So, um, obviously, the guys that we talked about did not play. Um, also in there, Gerald Everett did not play. Drew Tranquil did not play. Austin Johnson did not play. Um, and then injury-wise, Jason Moore, Tavon Campbell, Mark Webb, Nick Neiman, Eamon Ogbongwamiga, Ty Shelby, Isaac Weaver, Trey McKitty, Donna Parham, and Forrest Merrill were all dealing with injuries, apparently, and did not play last night. So um, those those are kind of unsurprising at, at some extent i figured maybe they give mark webb a chance after returning back to practice maybe Eamon and Wamiga, but the rest of them i feel like we kind of knew about and then uh daniel popper pointed out obviously that brandon peters the quarterback from illinois mm-hmm. as well as cameron hunt the offensive lineman signed from the usfl also did not play last night yeah no i was merrill hurt in practice that's the only one that i didn't recognize that wasn't out there until later yeah, that, that was the first time I heard of him for his Merrill injury. I, I I don't think there was anything reported about that on that practice on Thursday. Yeah, he, he's a fan favorite, and I totally get why. But he's if he's not even playing at this point with someone like Andrew Brown looking pretty decent and as deep as they are at at least six defensive tackles, and that's not including Covington, who might be cut. I, I think Forrest Merrill is on his way out. We kind of knew that, but then I don't even know if they're bringing him back on the practice squad. Yeah, that one's a tough one. I uh, really was hoping to see Mark Webb uh, out there, be able to get some reps and things like that. So not surprised that they're trying to take things slow a little bit, but you know, hopefully this week he's able to uh, practice at full speed. Um, yeah. Shout out to Let It Burn for the super chat. He says, thanks for all the work you guys do. I'm going to become a member by the end of this weekend. Appreciate that as well. Uh, enjoy a coffee on me and I uh, absolutely will. Um all right, so in terms of the actual recap, I think, like I mentioned, the offense did some really good things. Um, mm-hmm. Chase Daniel ended up leading two relatively long touchdown drives. Um, the first one to open the game, nine plays, 77 yards, and covering three minutes and 51 seconds. Of course, ending up with the Joe Reed uh, touchdown catch, which I don't know if you got to watch uh, Joe Reed's press conference last night uh, or the clips or anything like that, but you can just tell the guy's been through a lot, and uh, it was really good mm-hmm. to see him get that kind of touchdown and that, those kind of reps and things like that and uh, potentially pushing for a roster spot. Um, after the first drive, the Chargers went punt, 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 um, basically all three and outs. So we got to see J.K. Scott, uh, his first punt, man. That first J.K. Scott punt was legit. There was a lot of good hang time there, a lot of good coverage um so that was always good to see as well and then chase daniel ultimately was able to recover for the last drive of the half for him he led a 10 play 72 yard four minute and 40 second drive to tie the game so we talked about chase daniel a little bit 
Uh, otherwise, from the first team offense, what were some of your your takeaways that we saw from the first half? Well, I only got one quarter from him, but Zion, I mean, it was great to see Zion, great to see Jamari. As far as the numbers go, for those who are wondering, let me pull it up. Um, so it's Trey Pipkins, one pressure, Storm Norton, zero. Again, these are unofficial, by the way. Uh, Zion, zero pressures, beaten on one rep, and I, I do agree that there was a beat on him, but not a pressure. Jamari Salyer, 28 pass blocking steps, zero pressures. Um, and then just some combination of guys. But regardless, Zion looked pretty solid last night, in particular in the run game, looking for work. There was one play where I think he just like jabbed a bit early and some guy went around him and swiped yeah. his hands. Yeah. Um, but, but otherwise, it was a pretty solid day for Zion Johnson, especially in the run game, um, looking for work on a screen. Only two series, I believe. Um, but him... And Pipkins, that tandem to the right side in the run game looked really solid. And I think if you're trying to picture how this looks in the future, it looked like a pretty solid operation. I think overall, those two working in tandem looked really good on that right side. And of course, Jamari, I thought looked pretty good. He's currently credited with zero pressures. I feel like there was one in there. Um, but again, these are all unofficial. I'll have to rewatch him. But just watching Zion and Trey this morning, I thought in their two series, they looked pretty solid. Granted, only 12 block, pass blocking reps. Yeah, so the numbers are official. Arjun just uh, texted us. Um, Jamari Seller oh. did end up with the one pressure. Um, otherwise, the the pass blocking was was very solid, I felt like, last night. Um, Foster mm -hmm. Serrell, the uh, undrafted free agent from Stanford, did uh, struggle a little bit. Um, he allowed five pressures last night, according to Pro Football oh. Focus. Yeah. Uh, two quarterback hits, three hurries for him. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you know, you're looking at, you know, one pressure from Trey Pipkins, um, one pressure from Will Clapp, which Will Clapp did definitely allow a bad rep on the sack from yeah, Chase Daniel. Um, and then Jamari Sawyer, one pressure, Zach Bailey, one pressure, and Ryan Hunter, one pressure. So um, okay. that's where the offensive line stood in terms of pass blocking. Um, PFF did give Foster Serrell an 85.7 run blocking grade, which is the highest of the day there. Uh, Sawyer had an 82.1. Zach Bailey, 75.4. Will Clapp, 70.8. Um, they did not give Zion Johnson that good of a grade. as 45.1 in run blocking. In the run game? Bullshit. Yeah. Ryan Hunter, 54.7. Brendan Hymas, 49.2. Trey Pipkins, 57.5. Storm Norton 57.7. So those are the run blocking grades, which I always have a gripe with personally. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, Storm Norton was like a top six run blocker last year. <laughs> um, Brendan Hymas led the way with an 82.4 pass blocking grade. Storm Norton was second with 79.6. Then Zach Bailey, 76.8. Uh, Ryan Hunter, 61.4. Will Clapp, 59.2. Foster Serrell, 58.4. Jamari Sawyer, 53.2. And then they had Zion Johnson at a 24.3 pass blocking grade. So I'm That's... very confused. <laughs> I'm very confused about that. Do, uh, is this on Pro Football Focus? I'm not seeing yeah. it yet. Yeah. Oh, it's not up for me. So. Oh, really? Cool. Good for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I can't say I agree with those grades at all. But what again. was who led the way with pass blocking efficiency then? Uh, that would be Zion, 100%. Wait, so Zion led the way with pass blocking efficiency, but they gave him 
an awful pass blocking grade. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I think something's wrong there. If you're yeah. okay, sure, whatever. Interesting. Yeah, but um, overall, I, I was very pleased with the way the offensive line performed yesterday. I felt yeah. like they were really making their presence felt in the run game. Uh, um, you mentioned Zion and Trey Pipkins. That's that second half interior trio where Jamari was left guard, Ryan Hunter was center, and Brennan Hymas mm-hmm. was right guard. I thought those three worked really, really well together. I, I was very pleased with the way that they were moving people, um, mm-hmm. really freed up some rushing lanes for Isaiah Spiller, Roundtree, and, and you know, uh, I think Letty Marks had one carry or something like that. Um, but overall, very pleased with the way the offensive line performed. I, you said this was the plan leading in. I was surprised a little bit how much they rotated in Ryan Hunter with Jamari Stoller to start the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, Ryan Hunter obviously appeared before Brennan Hymas. And then of course the right tackle situation was, uh, Trey Pippigan's got two series and then Storm Norton got two series after that. So mm-hmm. what, any thoughts there about the way that they rotated the right tackle and then, uh, Ryan Hunter as well. Right tackle, no real thoughts there. Sounds about right. Two series, two series. Maybe they've gotten more with you know shorter drives or something, but that's fine, understandable. I'm sure Storm starts the next two or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Hunter was a surprise though because I, I didn't pick up early on with the second drive or whatever it was that you had seen that Jamari was rotating with Ryan Hunter at left guard. That was a surprise, and I completely missed that. Um, but I did find out mid game that that was the plan going into it. Um, thankfully, I, I thought Jamari was injured or something happened. But that was the plan, which is really interesting to me because, you know, Hymas looked fine. He looked good last night, but he's looked fine in camp. Will Clapp hasn't looked great in camp. Isaac Weaver was hurt. I don't believe he played either. You know, some guys are just kind of not doing so well. But then there's always Ryan Hunter as like the third guy. And yeah. you get to him being able to play a little bit of left guard and then switching to center after, you know, whatever the rotation was, I thought it was really notable. Uh, you talked about it even before the game. Like, I'll be watching Ryan Hunter tonight. Uh, you even thought that Ryan Hunter probably played better than Will Clapp. I guess statistically that's probably true anyway. Um, but what were your thoughts between Hunter and Clapp? Yeah, I thought Ryan Hunter was just a, a more of a presence at center than Will Clapp was. And you could see him, you know, calling out things with the young guys working next to him. You could see him uh, being an enforcer on that one Chase Daniel scramble. You could see him looking for work more often. I felt like he was a, a stronger run blocker. Um, again, so I haven't, I haven't been in practice, and you know, so I haven't seen Will Clapp necessarily work there. He's been really kind of the unquestioned backup center up until now. But I've been a fan of Ryan Hunter the whole time that he's been on the team. You know, I, I really wanted the, them to kind of find a way to keep him last year, and it ultimately did not happen. So I thought Ryan Hunter looked really good at guard. I thought he looked better at center. I really was was very pleased with what I saw there. Um, again, we'll go back and watch the All-22 at some point this week when it's up on uh, International Game Pass. But I was, again, very happy overall with the offensive line operation. Um, you know, I remember last year was just kind of a disaster. Like the offense just could not do anything, mm-hmm. you know, after the yeah. first quarter because the, the depth pieces were just not there. So I think that's a good sign for where this team is at with Jamari, with Ryan Hunter, with, um, mm-hmm. you know, Zach Bailey showed some good signs as well at tackle. And then of course, uh, Brennan Hymas as well. I'm not feeling great about the tackle depth. I'll be completely honest. Like, no, I don't really no. feel good about it. I, I mean, like, I mean, Pipkins and Norton as your tackle depth as well, because I, I almost consider them depth pieces as is. 
if Rashawn Slater goes down, I I just I don't feel good about this no. at all. Like watching these tackles no. play, yeah, Rashawn Slater, no one can replicate that. But boy, could someone not be the cliff to the rock bottom to the center of the earth that the drop off feels like? It just I'm worried about this tackle depth, and it's it's. Thank goodness Rashawn Slater is a good player. Thank goodness he seems to be healthy. But that will change the entire offense if he goes down because there's yeah. nothing behind him that could even be close. No, I don't feel great about it either. I, mean, I I don't think Zach Bailey and Foster Sherrill are like there's any chance that they make the roster. Um, again, Foster Sherrill really kind of struggled last night from a pass protection standpoint. Um, and we feel great about the interior offensive line depth, and that's fantastic. The team has really come a long way in that regard. But mm -hmm. this is just one of the reasons why I always wanted them to sign some kind of veteran, even if you're just pushing competition for Trey or Storm. But then yeah. also, like, you need you need a better swing tackle as well. And so it, a lot of the talk has obviously been, like, who's going to start? But one of those guys is going to be the swing tackle. And I don't necessarily feel great about that either. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you said, if Rashawn misses any games, of course, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. But um, that is is definitely unfortunate. Okay, finally, the numbers are up. I can see them now. There you go. righty. So Zion Johnson with the worst PFF grade of the day. How? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Don't understand. Beat wasn't that bad. Uh, Zion had one bad rep from what I saw, so I, I don't understand that at all. Foster Cyril gives up five pressures, and his grade is more than twice Zion's. What? Whatever. Yeah. I'm curious what the, the pass rushing numbers and defense numbers are, actually. Uh, do you want me to tell them to you? Because I have them up right now. That'd be great. Yeah, let's hear it. So MK Egbola or Egbole uh led the way with seven total pressures last night. That was seven. Uh, wow. Yeah. He uh he had some really, really productive moments. Um, you know, Bryce Perkins deserves a lot of credit for breaking his tackle and breaking Chris Rum's tackle, but um, you know, that should have been a sack for MK. And then there was another time where he beat the right tackle on an inside rush. Otito mm -hmm. also beat his guy, and then Otito kind of tackled MK instead of the cornerback. Yeah. Uh -huh. So poor MK, man. He should have had two sacks last <laughs> night, but uh, I thought he was productive. Um, mm -hmm. You know, to me, just looked like a more clean prospect. It, it, obviously, he's not a prospect, right? But he looked like a cleaner overall player than Jamal Davis did. But Jamal also had some flashes. He had five pressures last night. Um, yeah. And, and to me, it was. It was kind of what we know, right? MK again, a little bit more of a polished pass rusher. Jamal really flashed Definitely. to me as a run defender, um, just really strong, powerful rusher. Um, but yeah, good pressure numbers from both of them. Uh, Morgan Fox, three pressures. Otito, two pressures. Chris Rumpf, two pressures and the one sack. Um, so PFF did credit that just for Rumpf, not for Morgan Fox. Um mm -hmm. Andrew Brown, Cole Christiansen, Skylar Thomas, Troy Reader, Joe Gaziano, all one pressure each after that. Uh, so 24 total pressures from the team and two sacks. Yeah, not bad. And then all right, three MK. additional quarterback hits. Yeah, not bad. Definitely good. Feels good from the edge rushers. Even without Ty Shelby, feels good to have Rumpf and Davis and Egbule all do a little bit of something. Um, wow. They didn't give Fahoko a run stop. Really? I don't know why. <laughs> uh, his run defense grade is is great. I'm sure that's more because of 
holding up oh, the line of scrimmage. Was, but he was flashing all day long, man. He played really, really well. Yeah, they didn't chart his numbers very well, but I think the film speaks for itself, honestly. So they only accredited the Chargers with nine missed tackles. <laughs> On which play? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give JT Woods a missed tackle for that. Well, he made the tackle. It just was his own <laughs> guy. Wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that the number is only that is that low. Yeah, maybe I'll just go through and chart chart my own <laughs> things for the day. So then, uh, in terms of run defense, Damon Lloyd led the way, led the way, tied with Chris Run for three run stops apiece. Troy nice. Reader two run stops. Kimon Hall, MK, Skylar Thomas, Carlo Kemp, Tyreek Maddox, Williams, Alohi Gilman, Jamal Davis, Joe Gaziano, Michael Davis, Christian Covington, all one apiece after that. Okay. So okay, let, let's dive in a little bit more into, into the yeah. first half of the defense. Obviously, again, did not really um, have many of the starters out there. Um, but what do you see from the, the first half of the defense? I thought for me personally, I and mean, we mentioned Chris Rumpf, I was pretty mm-hmm. happy with the way Jasir Taylor played. Um, I was pretty yeah. happy with the way Michael Davis played as well. Mm-hmm. They were moving Michael Davis around quite a bit and when they went into the dime package in the first half. Davis was the one either in the slot or or it's kind of like the money backer that they have. So that was good yeah. to see. I think that kind of opens up a more opportunity for playing time for him. Um, the play at the goal line from Jasir Taylor, where he could oh, yeah. have tackled him for loss. I know he didn't wrap him up. There was a weird collision with MK as well. But just the way that, again, the mental processing that he experienced and went and just flew around, I thought was fantastic. So some good moments from the first ha- first secondary group, but definitely some things to work on there. Yeah, nice to see Michael Davis just, again, no incredible days really, but just stack some wins, get that forcing completion. I believe that was from the slot against the tight end, am I not mistaken? It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, so that's great to see, and if that's kind of their plan for him, awesome. You could do worse than having him as your sixth DB. Was definitely concerning seeing Asante Samuel Jr. get that DPI. It's something mm-hmm. that he didn't, I don't think I saw as much in college. Got to the NFL, saw it a few more times. Something we wanted to see fixed going into the year. I thought during camp he had that mostly fixed. Seeing that again uh, last night was not great, uh, but it's, it's one play, one target. So hard to judge. Um, but overall, I thought it was pretty good in the secondary. Um, JT Woods, hit or miss. I feel like there was one clear miss and one clear hit that got called back. And then as far as the interior rotation goes, it was very clearly... You have your two pass rushers, and then you had your two better run defenders. And it was clear that one group was much better at getting after, well, one half of that one group was much better at getting after the passer, and the other group was much better about stopping the run. And that, to yeah. me, like, the two guys you sat, the two guys you started, and the two guys that rotated in after that, well, no, sorry, because Otito was the third string guy. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think Otito would be the third rotation with Gaziano. That was how it was to start camp. I just figured with the momentum of them moving him into the even first team reps um, in training camp this past week. I figured he'd jump in there with like Fahoko and Covington. I'm surprised. I don't know what the charting ends up being, but surprised to see him play more nose um, than expected and braided more like, if not like a five tech, sometimes three tech more, your, you know, pass rushing almost looking type than someone like Otito. Um, Can I just say really quickly? I, yeah, I absolutely hated the way that they rotated the defensive lineman, dude. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> they had Jerry Tillery lining up at one technique or as a nose so often early in that game. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, I understand that they're like the next, like the next group of like starter players. Right. But come on, like, give me some reps of like Morgan and Tito Morgan and Braden. Like I, I, if they right. do this, if they do this in regular season games with Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery lining up at the one tech, I'm going to be so annoyed all season long with that rotation. You can nearly call plays just based on who the duo is in front of you. If you got one duo, yeah. you pass it. If you got one duo, you run it. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on where Jared Tiller was lining up, but yeah, I would love to see something a little bit different. And so far, that is the tandem, though. Like they do have, they're starting to, then that pass rushing duo, supposedly. So that kind of seems to be their plan going into the year. Those four do feel safe for sure. Like if we're talking about any locks, those first four, well, the, the two that didn't play. And those yeah. two feel like the locks. I think that's their plan. I think you'll get to a point where it's, you know, third down at the end of a drive or maybe in that second series. And Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery are going to be your starters. And I think that's that's better. Well, not starters. They'll be your defensive linemen. <laughs> that's be better than them idea. starting. Yes, that's better than them starting, I suppose. But it is a bit scary. Um, third and long draw play anybody? I don't know. <laughs> If I saw, dude, if I saw Jerry Tillery line up at nose tech, I wouldn't even bother passing. Just, just run duo and, and get these two 12, guys out of here. Well. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was again like I understand like they're like the next guys in line, but mm-hmm. I was so frustrated by that. And then, you know, it is going to be interesting. Right, Braden Fajoko really obviously flashed a lot. He has continued to flash as a run defender. You said you saw some good things out of Christian Covington. You know, I was kind of not really super impressed there and you know that's really the competition at this point for the last defensive tackle spot because tito's gonna make it they they drafted him you know they're they're invested in him long term so it just is kind of gonna depend on on where they go with covington and uh brain Fajoko right now yeah let's see so covington they credit him with two tackles one run stop which is more than Fajoko had i don't feel like I think there was a play where the running back or maybe it was even the quarterback or somebody kind of had to dance behind the line of scrimmage and then Covington kind of washed down for that run stop. At least he showed up. But to me, Fajoko was still pretty clearly the better player down to down to down to down, even if the numbers don't say that Fajoko is very close. Yeah. One, two tackles versus one. But I thought Fajoko was far better. Yeah. To me, he was far more disruptive in terms of like setting the line of scrimmage and Absolutely. getting into the backfield. And I know he had the one uh face mask penalty but that was just a really high level way to get into the backfield um again pff grades kind of taken with assault as always but uh Foco had a 76.8 run defense grade and christian covington had a 50.2 so that feels right the zion johnson grade definitely does not feel right but <laughs> that specific run defense grade difference definitely feels right to me yeah Foco clearly the best run defender of the yeah. interior guys yesterday um, another guy I want to give a shout out to here in, in terms of like the first half was Troy Reader. I thought he was mm-hmm. really diagnosing things very well. I thought he was fast and flying around and decisive. So there were some really good things from Troy Reader that I thought were were promising. You know, Keenan Allen had that great quote uh, earlier last week that <laughs> Troy Reader hit him so hard he felt like he cracked a rib or something like that in seven on seven. So I was really impressed with Troy Reader. Again, didn't really watch much of the the coverage uh, from him. Didn't really get the opportunity to do that much. 
But as a run defender, I was very, very impressed. And, you know, when he was calling the plays, I did feel like there was a, a cleaner operation mm-hmm. on defense in, in general. Yeah, he looked pretty solid, and that's great. I We weren't sure if he'd go out there and play, but we knew they needed bodies. And, you know, why not? He's not exactly a starter right now. If he looks like that and that's your depth, you know, okay, cool. I, I can be happy with that. With the way that the interior defensive line was opening things up for him, it just felt like even though these guys missed like crazy, it felt like there was an opportunity. There was clear vision for these guys to get there. And Troy Reader definitely capitalized on those things. So he got the front line playing pretty well. He was diagnosing things pretty well. He was the green dot guy, you said? Yeah, he was calling plays in the first half. Okay, so that's great. I think as far as depth option goes, wonderful. I'm happy to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody uh, on the broadcast, they said he grew up a Chargers fan, but I thought that he was an East Coast guy. So I don't know. Very weird nuggets. Um, apparently Michael Bandy also uh, turned down law school to to pursue an NFL dream. So uh, I remember we had a conversation about like all these guys getting secondary degrees at the draft. And apparently Michael Bandy uh, is also in that conversation. Oh, how do I turn that into a nickname? <laughs> like legally bomb? No, that doesn't work. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think of my. Uh... That's good, though. Hey, he looked awesome. He we did. haven't really talked he about did. him yet, but Michael Bandy, man. If Chase Daniel was sputtering, then, oh, let's just throw it to Michael Bandy. And, you know, Easton Stick wasn't so great, kind of. Let's throw it to Michael Bandy. And Michael just spam Michael Bandy worked for both quarterbacks, except for one particular play. But he looked freaking awesome. And conversely, you know, I think the chat would agree, and I think you would agree. At this point, with how much they phased out Larry Roundtree and with how much how involved Bandy was, even if he never sees the field and he's inactive, I feel like you have to keep him over some like Larry Roundtree. If we're just looking at it in that regard, over an edge rusher, no. Over a sixth defensive tackle, no. But if we're just looking at, you know, RB four, tight end four, whatever, I'm keeping Bandy. Yeah, man, Michael Bandy was super impressive last night, and you know there were a couple times where you obviously just wish that he was like an inch taller, like just be five eleven or something like that. You know, just just barely misses, you know, his hands and. um but he was he was so good again. Just the security blanket over the middle for these guys ended up with seven catches, seventy three yards, average of ten point for ten point four per catch, one touchdown on eleven targets. So really really efficient with his targets. Um, that whip route touchdown man, like that was like Hunter Renfro vibes all over that. I know we're not supposed to talk about positively about Raiders players, but um, you know I, I think if if Michael Bandy has a chance of making this roster. I think he needs to continue to do this kind of thing. And I think he will, you know, we said yesterday, we were curious to see who would kind of step up and, and lead the team in receiving. And it looks like that's going to be Michael Bandy by a, a country mile. So uh, Joe Reed did have 61 yards on four catches, six targets. Mm-hmm. But um, if Michael Bandy is just going to be this security blanket for both of these quarterbacks, then he's going to, you know, lap the field in receiving. So, um, I was very impressed by the way that he played, and I you know, have been hearing about everything, right? You've seen him in practice, but this is my first time watching Michael Bandy in action, and I, I was very, very impressed with everything, right? Like, he, he ran some good deep routes. He ran some good short routes, intermediate yeah. routes. He could do everything, um, obviously a little bit limited to the slot, but if they keep six receivers and want to keep Michael Bandy, you know, I do not blame them at all. I think he's very, very valuable for this team. Yeah, I think if you, if any team, if any of the 31 teams had followed any bit of Chargers training camp, if you watch that game, if you watch the next two games, 
I think Michael Benny is a pretty easy waiver claim at this point for another team. Sure. So I think you should at least temporarily, if the, as best you can, uh, hold on to Michael Bandy. Maybe he doesn't last throughout the year, but I think you have to try to hold on to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We'll jump into second half thoughts in general here. So Easton Stick got three drives. Two of them were very, very long drives. So, you know, the second half did go pretty quickly, I felt like. Um, yeah. Easton Stick's first drive was a 15-play, 75-yard, 10-minute drive. It was it was a super long drive. Um, second drive was at a three and out. That lasted one minute and 25 seconds. And then the last drive for Easton Stick uh, – so I say 15, 13 plays, 64 yards uh, in a two-minute drill that I felt like was was a pretty good two-minute drill. So overall, mm-hmm. what'd you make of uh, Easton Stick's day and his his three opportunities? Admittedly, I think part of it's slightly overrated by some Chargers fans. Um, not that it was bad. I think it was a really solid day. He is stock up after last night's performance. He did look like the better quarterback. At worst, he did have at least the single best drive of the two. Slightly overrated, though. I think they made things very easy for him, which is fine. A lot of bootlegs, a lot of rollouts, rushing opportunity, get it to check down to the tight end, run it, run it, run it. You know, spiller, 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 Kelly, spiller, spiller, spiller. Bandy bailed him out, spiller bailed him out. But overall, I thought, at least compared to last year, Easton Stick looked like a quarterback who could manage an offense. You know, things weren't perfect, but they were getting done well enough that I thought that he looked fine. And I think that. You know, if, if we are calling it, if we started just last night, just one game so far between, you know, Stick and Daniel and not considering anything else. Yeah, I think Stick is, is quarterback, too, based on that play alone. Yeah, I thought there were some definitely definitely some ball placement issues. You know, the, the Isaiah Spiller, I don't know if it was a wheel route, but Isaiah Spiller was kind of fading down the right sideline, you know, mm-hmm. completely behind him. There was another uh, the first throw to the right side where Bandy kind of ran, ran a, a post route very off target. So there were, there were definitely some ball placement issues for Easton stick again, understandable with the lack of reps that he's had over the last four years. But I mm-hmm. think you can definitely see that he's taken a step mentally. There were some instances where he's like, okay, I'm going one, two, three, I'm going to make this mm-hmm. read as opposed to his rookie season. You know what we saw last year, I was like, okay, my first reason I hear, I'm just going to go check down immediately or I'm going to run. And mm-hmm. so I thought there was some definitely there was definitely some growth from a processing standpoint from Easton Stick last night, and he's clearly got the better arm at this point, right? <laughs> I think he can actually yeah, throw exactly. some out routes. So, mm-hmm. um, 
stick has to continue to build on this, right? Like I think you don't win the preseason battle just off of one game. That's a slightly better performance than the other guy. Um, it does look like we're trending towards three quarterbacks right now, just the, based off of the way that mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Stanley and coaching staff are talking about Easton stick and, and chase Daniel as well. So um, that's kind of annoying, but you know, at least Easton stick is, is proving that he could potentially be worth that roster spot this year. And again, last year I totally understand it was code thing, but um, it was a good day, solid day from Easton stick. Definitely some things to like, definitely some ball placement issues that he needs to improve upon. But, you know, he was thrown decisively. He was thrown with some zip on the ball, made good decisions. And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him stay in the pocket, make plays. And I think, you know, mission accomplished for Stick so far. Yep, mission accomplished. Really good start to the preseason for him. All right, let's talk about some of the running back steps from here. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, you can start with Joshua Kelly. I think that is... Um, you know, a good place to start for me, Isaiah Spiller, man. Like I was very, very impressed with his vision, his decisiveness. Obviously that catch that I mentioned was pretty, pretty insane. Um, So I I think this was a a very strong step for Isaiah Spiller to potentially push Larry Roundtree off the roster. So um, good day from Joshua Kelly, really good day from Isaiah Spiller as well. Efficient, both of those guys with their touches. Um, But Mm -hmm. Isaiah Spiller really stood out to me for sure. Yes, but I mean, gosh, every single practice, it feels like there's one spiller catch. You see at the scrimmage with that sideline, yeah. you see an angle route, you see something. Like, there's just always one play he makes, and that's why you are part of the reason why you drafted him. As a runner, I think he did his job. Like, it looked impressive, and for a guy who literally just turned 21, him doing his job and getting, you know, three, four, like, whatever was there, I think he got maybe a little bit extra. That's great. Just seeing that so far with the guy who just entered the league, who is so young, for him to at least be seeing the field correctly, making the right decisions, that's wonderful so far. I think he's checked the boxes right now. And then, you know, halfway through the season, he picks up another half yard per carry. Halfway through next year, he picks up another half yard per carry because he's just more mature, bigger, stronger, faster, whatever, and probably, you know, behind Zion and, you know, Corey Lindsley and these guys as well. But he looked really solid. Uh, Joshua Kelly, good for him. Didn't think it was like the, you know an amazing performance, but you go six touches, 44 yards. That's great. Again, kind of like Spiller. You did your job. You looked good. You know, you made the catches. You made a couple guys miss. I don't know how many forced missed tackles he had. I feel like it was at least two. Um, good runner. Looked better. Looked more explosive. I feel good about where he's at and, and good for him. Again, 1.7 yards per carry last year, whatever it was. He looks just a little bit more free. He looks like he's not confined to being a short yardage back. And I think just them letting him be a bit more of a receiving option, both is good for him and completely separates himself from Larry Roundtree. Larry Roundtree, of course, finished with three carries for eight yards and zero catches. Uh, I don't recall exactly what the blocking was like for Roundtree. Maybe it was completely on the offensive line. Sure. Um, but it's pretty clear. Like, I would assume, based on the way they've used Larry Roundtree, if that's what it, they're envisioning for him, you have to let him go like the three carries eight yards you know a couple of carries a game what are we doing at that point i don't recall him doing much on special teams if that's their plan for him and if you have such a dynamic back in isaiah spiller on the way kelly looks better yeah i think you're good with three running backs and i think they can actually comfortably make that decision 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about just a huge difference in touches and usage and things like that. So, um, again, Joshua Kelly, I needed to see the the hype being legitimate, and he definitely did look more confident. He looked more explosive. Um, there was one of the runs that he cut to the outside. I thought was a great cut, great decision. You know, made somebody miss in space. And then um, I want to say it was his second catch that he took for like 15 yards. It was a check down. Might have been an angle route. Um, made somebody miss. And I felt like he was about to make somebody else miss, but then he just kind of lost his footing uh, on that play. So he looked more decisive, looked more confident, looked more explosive. Um, so, again, kind of mission accomplished for Josh Kelly. Obviously, he needs to continue to do this. But um, once you once you take Joshua Kelly out, man, I think you just give Isaiah Spiller as many touches as possible at this point. Um, yep. You know, you're obviously not trying to just hand somebody a job. But I think with Isaiah, like you see enough of his vision, you see enough of his pass catching ability, you mm-hmm. know, let him prove that he can fight for this RB2 spot as opposed to just trying to, you know, make sure that he is uh, an RB3. So I was very impressed by both of those players. Again, thought they ran hard, thought they ran decisive. Um, it does feel like Isaiah is a bit more of a comfortable runner in between the tackles than Joshua Kelly just based off of last night. But yeah, again, very pleased with both players. Absolutely. What did you make of the fullbacks? Because to me, I don't recall when Neighbors came in and Neighbors did have some good plays. Yeah. But Horvath basically dominated the fullback snaps, right? Yeah, let me look at the snap counts here on Pro Football Focus. Um, Offense. So Xander had 11 snaps. Gabe Neighbors had two. As a blocker or just in general? Total. Total. Okay. So wow. I think neighbors neighbors only two snaps were like the that one stretch at the goal line. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Okay. He ended up kind of on the perimeter blocking for Easton Stick. Um, but yeah, eleven snaps for Xander, two snaps for Gabe Neighbors on the night. Wow. I mean, it's been a pretty even split throughout camp so far, if not neighbors being the first guy up. So Horvath yeah. both being the first guy out there and like I understand if they went okay. Horvath first half, neighbor second half. But it was like Horvath, sure. Horvath, Horvath the whole way. Yeah. Looked pretty solid. Um, I mean, and the fact that Gabe Neighbors was lighting up and working out with the tight ends, warming up with the tight ends in warmups, apparently. I think it's pretty telling at this point that we know who, yeah. not unexpected, but we know who the fullback's going to be. Yeah, and I, I like the way that they use Xander. Um, I mean, we didn't get to see him get targeted, but um, oh, wait, he did get a he did get a catch. I'm sorry. He got one catch. He got one carry. Yeah, like a yard um, or something. But I, I was mostly curious to see what Xander would look like as a blocker because we just haven't really seen him do that. That wasn't really a thing that he did in college all that much. Um, but I was impressed, man. He was physical. He was decisive. And he he looked like an NFL fullback. Right? I think you can always tell when a fullback is really comfortable blocking up the middle and lead blocking. And so I was, I was impressed, man. I thought that he was physical. I thought he was violent. Um, I like to see that that fullback dive on the th- on was that fourth down or was that third down? Ooh, I want to say fourth down. So I thought that he, it was a good day for Xander. I'm excited to see how they can potentially evolve the offense a little bit with him uh, going forward over the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Someone in the chat is asking about who is 41 on offense. That's new tight end Sage Surratt. Although yeah. there is a 41 on defense as well. Yeah, Sage looks bigger, man. He like again, I hadn't really seen him, obviously, but um, he's a lot bigger than I remember him at Wake Forest. That's for sure. <laughs> that's good. 
He looks does. healthy. Not like he Kelvin does. Benjamin bigger. No, 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 no. You're right. Yes. Yes. Definitely not Kelvin Benjamin bigger. <laughs> um, all right, Tyler, anything uh, stand out for you from like a schematic standpoint that you really liked? I know, you know, I mentioned this, mm-hmm. that the stick touchdown run, very good design. I really like seeing mm-hmm. that. I hope that's in the plans for Justin Herbert a little bit more often this year, being able to get him uh, involved in the run game. I'm not asking for him to be Josh Allen or Cam Newton, but uh, just give me a little bit more consistency. But I, I like that play design. The two-point conversion attempt to uh, Hunter Campmoyer was was really good design as well. Like that play call. Mm-hmm. Didn't really see much from Campmoyer other than that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that was it, – it's an easy way to get somebody like him involved. Yeah, you could say whatever you want about Joe Lombardi. To me, it seemed like there was no there was no part of the field that was inaccessible outside of arm strength. It felt like, okay, yeah. we could throw it deep to Ben, we can throw it deep to Reed, we can open these guys up here, we can throw screens, we can call screens, um, you know, slide routes to tight ends in the flat, curls, whatever you want, like everything that there was possible for them to run with the guys that they had. I think they did, and that's really encouraging. At the scrimmage, Justin Herbert had plenty of bootlegs, plenty of rollouts. And I think Easton Stick had a, a good set of his own, including one uh, keeper of his own. And I think we're going to maybe lean into that a little bit more. It's just, it's what Herbert does. It, well, Stick did well. That's what Herbert does so well as well. I think they're just going to lean that even more with that right tackle situation not being so great. And that's fine by me. Yeah, absolutely. So um really excited about the way that they... You know, it was a lot of post routes, a lot of corner routes on with these guys. So uh, they really access the deep, deep parts of the field at a really high level, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Any final thoughts from the game before we get into our uh, Sunday stocks? Um, Not really that I can think of. I think we covered basically everything. Just excited to see these guys stack more together and get more stats on these guys. Yeah. Um, we did talk a little bit about a little bit about JK Scott. He looked good. Punt operation looked very, very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there were some people asking why Dustin Hopkins wasn't kicking, you know, the extra points. I think he kicked the first one. Um, but they know who he is. I feel like they wanted to get some extra evaluation for uh James McCourt, and I think that could certainly happen going forward. Yeah, so. JK looked good. Uh Jot Taylor looked very comfortable uh, in coverage. He was always down there, whether he made the tackle or was nearby. Yeah. And again, learning points, but building off of it, Dean Letter was in position. He was, he was in a pretty good spot. It's good to see him flying down the field and getting to the ball carrier or the receiver. It just was uh, literally. <laughs> yeah, you want to see a, a little bit more uh, finesse at the end. But, um, you know, again, he was in position. That's all you can ask for for right now. Um, all right, let's get into some of these Saturday stocks and we'll wrap up the show. Sounds good. Stock market. So uh, if you are just joining us and haven't uh, been paying attention, we decided to come up with this game as a way to kind of evaluate these players um, just in in a different way. And so we're doing uh, a stock exchange, if you will, going up or down by one point. Uh, We each had certain players that we had to pick or or certain roster constraints. So um, let's start with Trey Pipkins. I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of expected him, um, again, really want to be able to watch the all 22, but I don't feel like we've had that separation day yet, but I will mm-hmm. say again, like you mentioned the relationship between him and Zion just feels like a, at a much cleaner operation overall. Um, but I still think you kind of hold on, uh, Trey Pipkins for now. 
I'm cool with that. Yeah, I could even say up. I think he hasn't been like fantastic by any means, but over the last week and not just last night, I feel like things have been pretty solid. But sure, I'll, I'll go with hold. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm cool with Asante holding at the 11 as well. I don't think yeah. he's done enough to go up. You know, him and Michael Davis have kind of rotated a little bit more in the first team this week, but I still think you kind of hold there. Uh, Donald Parham, you hold on the six because he's injured. So we haven't seen him. Um, so Parham probably misses this week for those wondering. Um, he will potentially be back for the last preseason game, but um, he'll miss this week as well. Um, JT, I mean, he's been working more with the first team. He did I'd have a good up. week of practice. I think you kind of have to say up at this point for him. Yeah, obviously not the greatest play I've ever seen in prime time, but yeah, no, I, I thought in practice he's looked really good. Yeah, the, the one with Dean Leonard was not great, but um, you know, he the interception that got called back was a good rep. I thought he had a good run stop as well. So mm-hmm. some good things mixed back, of course. Um, Bryce Callahan hold still probably hold is. there, yeah. Why are we asking about K9? He's injured. What are we doing? Sorry about that. Um, Chris Rumpf, definitely, definitely up, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, are we saying down for Dean or still hold? I think you got to say down. Okay. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, I think you got, you got to say down for him. Uh, Brennan up. Hymas, I would say up. He played really, really, really well last night. Had some good mm-hmm. moments. Uh, Nick Neiman, hold. He's been injured. French, hold. Hold, yeah. Maybe depends. I feel like I feel like he's in terms of roster spot about the same. It hasn't really done a lot to separate, but he's still tight end four. Yeah, I'm okay. Hold there and holding on Jamal Davis as well. I think I'll give you. No, I'll give you the the bump up on Jamal Davis. Honestly, I think he's really impressed. So I, I really think that just him continuing to look good. Again, what was it? Four. Pressures and five pressures last night. Yeah, five pressures. I mean, you got to say stock up for that. So okay, I gotta... cool. Oh, it's, that's right. It's doubling. So your, your Jamal Davis stock is doing great. We're at a, we're at a four. It was at a one. Now you're at a four. You, you're four times your uh, whatever. Let's go. I'll take it. All uh, right. Where are you? Where are you at? Where are you at, Stephen? Let's see. Here we go. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Look Let's at you go. go. Absolutely <laughs> destroying it right now. There's no way I'm going to catch that at all in this one, especially that Jamal. Is this Davis yours or this, is this yours or Alex's? This is mine. Okay. Hold, I guess. Yeah. I think if you could give Fox an up, though, after last night, he looked really good last night. Yeah, I, I would say Fox is up. Hold for him. RM is a hold. Same. Uh, oh, God. Do not smart fill. Okay. Spill- <laughs> Spiller feels like up. Yeah, I think you go up for Spiller for sure. Thought I got something. Okay. JT Woods, did we say? We said down. Did we say hold? Oh, we said down. I think so, right? I think we said hold because he had a good week, but. Oh, up. We said up for you. We said up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Glad we're paying attention. My bad. I'm sure our viewers hate us. Okay. Uh, Rumpf. Well, I picked Rumpf. Good for me. Surprise. Did we say Rumpf was up? We We did. Web. Uh, Web's been hurt, so I feel like you have to hold. Okay. How do you Fahoko. feel about Fahoko? Could go either way. It's like it's been the same good play. 
Yeah. So that that's both up and hold. Either one. I say up. I say up for Braden. Okay. That and might be the peak for him, but yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then Nick Demon hold. Jason Moore. I think you could put him up to a. I mean, he's been hurt, so I hold again. Just, and then Bandy definitely up. Bandy's definitely up. Oh. All right. Woo-hoo. And then Camp Moyer, we said hold. All right. I'm sure people that are really good at Excel are absolutely hating me butchering this feature <laughs> right now. Oh, I am catching up. Look at this. 56.5. Oh my goodness. Let's go. Look at look at me go here. <laughs> I've made so much more money. Look at us. All right, let's see what Alex. Uh, oh, look at that. Fox okay. up. Vanoy hold. Get his numbers, uh, right. Spiller up. Fair enough. Carter, I still would say hold. Yes, I mean, he's exploded. So he's kind of like he literally has hit his ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it for him. Yeah. There is a, there's a lot of uh, DeAndre Carter takes out there, but I, I still think that Jalen Guyton is wide receiver four for this team. Um, again, at least in terms of snaps, I feel like Guyton will play. He's the vertical route runner, so he's he, he's definitely still has some value. Definitely will still play a role for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said you left Spiller at five. Oh my gosh! So you're fifty seven point five. You're Let's just barely go. right behind me, dude. Dude, look at this. <laughs> look at that. Good weeks for both of us. All right, let's finish, Alex. As we said, hold for Callahan. Uh, down for Dean. Rough, but he'll get up for Kelly. I mean, Kelly has been oh, yeah. pretty clearly the RB two, so he'll get up there. Hold for Webb. I'm still kind of a hold on Will Clap. I, I think it t- it's for teetering though. We're getting close. Yeah, like I think we need to see Hunter get some second team reps for me to say down on Will Clap, but uh, I definitely don't feel great about him right now. Look at this. Yeah, after plummeting. Give him some Easton stick love. There we go. Uh, Gaziana hold. MK has to be up, though. I mean, MK had seven pressures last night. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Look at that. Let's see where Alex is at. Again, apologize to all the Excel Google Sheet users out there. John said, you know you can set up this sheet to auto sub and plus. Don't leave, leave me alone. <laughs> Oh, so he's up to 54. So that's good for him. We all went we all up this did week. much better. Okay, look at that. We're you know, I I made up some ground. I had quite the uh, quite the week, and uh, let's see, let's see if my guys keep going. All right, so that was a lot from, faster than last time. Where were you at last week? 51 and a half. So I'm up six. You're up four. Alex is up three and a half. <laughs> DJ Blade Runner says, "Yo, send us the spreadsheet so we can fix it." <laughs> <laughs> no this is our segment leave it alone hey man so anybody is is happy to join in on the fun though if you want to do something similar we can uh share the sheet again or the screenshots so you guys can uh do your own rules and and make your own math look prettier i guess screw you guys I like I'm <laughs> no that's good though we're you know we feel good about the players that we've chosen so mm-hmm. um you know, I, I'm kind of glad we decided not to add anybody else because 
I would have chosen Raheem Lane in a really high stock and then uh, had to say <laughs> stock down. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that was a lot faster than last time. It was. It was. <laughs> Alex Cassid, I'm, I apologize for the Google Sheet meme. <laughs> I almost just want to make it worse now. Like I just want this to be awful, an awful segment for the just don't just do the math in your head. Just don't even do the the function. Just just yeah, add yeah. It up and... <laughs> with like an abacus, just sit over here. Oh my goodness. Oh man, good stuff. Um. All right, so that was a it was a good episode, good recap. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in here. Chargers uh, get joint practices with the Cowboys this week to wrap up training camp. Then they'll get their uh, second preseason game. They will have some uh, roster cuts to make uh, as of Tuesday. Again, there, there were two players that did not suit up, so I feel like that's potentially the two spots there. But we'll definitely have you guys covered um, for that, for the joint practice takeaways. Um, Tyler and Arjun will be at the practices, so we'll get some uh, quick recaps again up on YouTube. So make sure and uh, subscribe to our channel, turn those notifications on, so we can, or so you can get those uh, instant takeaways from joint practices that are a little bit more exclusive, season tickets, season ticket holders only. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're not a season ticket holder trying to go in and sneak in, I don't think you'll get the opportunity. Uh, so season ticket holders. Uh, definitely get to uh, take advantage there, which is good. Yeah, you can't even transfer your tickets to somebody else. So they're trying to keep it pretty tight. I'm sure it's to prevent Cowboys fans from taking over. Yes. Um, so it should be fun. Yes. Arjun and I will be there both days. I won't be able to do a video for the second day. Arjun will carry that for me. Um, so there's that. Want to bring this up from LA Chargers fan. Do I dare say special teams looks pretty decent? Thanks for the content, gentlemen. Yes, LA Chargers fan. Thank you for the super chat. I think it looks decent. I got to see Hopkins out there in the full operation, but yeah, yeah. seem pretty happy with it so far. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we will have a similar structure this week again in terms of our regular episodes. We'll have one on Wednesday. We'll do uh, game preview on Saturday and then game recap on Sunday. So um, stay tuned for that when we get another 7 p.m. Saturday night kick next week against the Cowboys. Sweet. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Appreciate it. Um, good conversations all around. Everybody else in the chat, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you are listening to the audio version, please leave a rating or review. We always appreciate that. Again, stay tuned for everything coming this week. We'll have more uh, Chargers Analytics, Maddie's Minute, all that good stuff. Lots of great content coming your guys' way. So appreciate it. Have a good rest of your weekend. And as always, bolt up.